0: Spotify and get exclusive podcasts only our members get Monday through Friday at 10 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time with Chinatown Hollywood. Get over there and subscribe now. Rock on. more information coming out of the west coast more specifically out of that Montana deal with the pagans the cops are saying he is the leader of the chapter he's saying there isn't a chapter of the pagans out there who knows man who knows I guess the only ones that know are the parties involved I'm just reporting on it for you that way I hope get you through some BS we're gonna go to that one but first I have a question to ask. Maybe I'm playing a little devil's advocate here. Maybe I'm confused because I get confused easy. But here's my question. And God knows I'm not defending them. Okay? Let's just put out that now I am not defending them. I don't back them because you know some people and hear my words and be dorks and think I'm actually supporting them which I'm not but if iron order is so bad then why are we hearing that a major club is flipping their chapters or flipping their guys if they're so bad This has got me stumped. And of course, you're going to come on and get all kinds of supporters saying, well, you know, you don't know this, you don't know that. Oh, come on, we hear from reliable sources. (laughs) Some of them that actually flipped. So again, it confuses me. Will somebody help me out with this? All I hear is, this club stinks, and we can't associate with them, and then you have a big club flipping them. Now, what kind of sense does that make? Is that hypocritical or not? Would somebody help me out? And then I hear about the selling of the patches. You got a big club out there selling patches.
1: What the hell is that? I thought we're supposed to listen to all these protocol things. It is
0: ass backwards now. I'm sorry to say it's ass backwards. Because these people tell us we gotta do this, and in return they're doing this. It totally goes against everything. And I don't understand why you'd want to sell your patch. Especially if you're an older club. You had brothers die for that thing. You had brothers go to prison for that thing. It it, it don't make no damn sense to me. So in the comments section, if you would, could you please tell me what the hell I'm missing here? Can you please answer the question, if Iron Order is so bad, then why you got big clubs flipping them? Help me out here, man. I know I'm slow, but damn, I didn't think I was that slow. Anyway, let's go to the Daily Interlake. Uh, This is from the 12th of uh, March. Pagan's Motorcycle Club, or no, Pagan's Member. My fault, correction there. Denies leadership role in Outlaw Motorcycle Club. This one's by Derek Perkins. And there's a picture of old boy, right there, sitting there not happy. The man authorities have identified as the president of a local chapter of the Pagans Motorcycle Club. pushed back on that description Friday from inside the county jail. Michael Allen Murphy, 49, who faces a felony count of issuing a bad check in Flathead County District Court said the Pagans boast too few members in the area to warrant a chapter. Why would you be out there trying to pass bad checks? There is just too much technology out there. That's an old school scam. Now everybody uses them debit cards and stuff like that. So why would you even try? You know you're going to get caught. I'm just saying, man. Just trying to give a viewpoint here. Quote, And this had to do with that Montana thing. To have a chapter in Kelly's spell, you have to have a certain amount of guys. Murphy said, there is no chapter there. There's only two guys that even associate with them. It's more writing and stuff like that. Oh, come on. Naughty, naughty, naughty. What are you talking about? I didn't just see two guys at that thing and everybody's getting pissed at me. But I'm trying to be honest here. Trying to be honest. It's great that you're trying to push back and stuff, but push back with something you can believe. Just saying, man. Uh, If there's a certain... I I get it. There is supposed to be a certain amount of guys that opens up in a chapter, but I don't know anymore, man. Everything's just bad shit crazy now and things that you never thought would be done are being done now so you don't know who the hell to believe i'm just saying man uh officials identified murphy as the club's chapter president while announcing his february 28th arrest in a press release issued march 3rd probation and parole officers why would you pass a bad check while you're on parole that is like,
1: what the hell are you doing? They got the evidence! Why would you do that?
0: Asking for a friend's brother's cousin's mother's father's, you know, half-sister, I don't know. Anyway, in conjunction with the Flathead County Sheriff's Office, the Police Department, they took him into custody! Let's see here. Uh, Sheriff Brian Hino said Friday that authorities determined Murphy's alleged leadership status while investigating the 49-year-old. They already knew he was in the organizations from images of him sporting the Motorcycle Club's batch. During the investigations, individuals identified, during witness testimony, (laughs) that he was the president. Oh individuals identified him in witness testimony. <sighs> while disputing the title, Murphy in a phone call with Interlake acknowledged his membership in the club while he described as far less violent or criminal than reflected in po- popular culture. Hey, you know what? He's trying. He's trying. A lot of things you hear about the pagans is from the old days. There are bad apples in every group. Hey, man, you've been watching me. Have you been watching my show? You hear me say that all the time. That's like a direct quote from Hollywood. Hey, give me some credit here. You're going to use my stuff. <laughs> then it goes in the uh, the U.S. Attorney deems the group an outlaw motorcycle gang. A man described as a national leader of the club in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, earned a, well, holy cow, man, what are you talking about here? 900-month prison sentence in early February. after. Oh, yeah, I remember that one out of uh, North Carolina. He ain't getting out. He ain't getting out, I can tell you that. Uh, let's see here. Now, It says he got involved in a motorcycle club looking for a way to bond with other men. Bond with other men. I wouldn't, you know what, I wouldn't have said it that way, kind of little freakish, if you ask me, bonding with another man, uh, you know, maybe I think differently. Often with checkered past trying to help each other move forward, and uh, he goes on to say, we're portrayed like we're badasses and all that. Uh, he's tried, he's trying, he's trying, I guess. <laughs> He tried to pass thirty-one thousand one hundred and forty eight dollars between October thirteenth and the nineteenth that were returned for non sufficient funds. And the checks were written from his business account. Wow. I guess things change. I I I from your business account, really? You know you had no monies but you write the check anyway. You know you're going to get busted because you won't be able to cover them monies. I know a lot of people play Russian roulette, at least they used to in the old days, where they'd write a check and hope to get the money in there before it cashes. But how the hell you write a check from your business account for $31,148, even if you're a corporation, you can't do that. Because you're passing a bad check, it's not like your wally world or any of that stuff where you can place blame on the others. it just don't it don't make no sense, and because he comes out and says they're really trying to nail me to the stake right now, they're trying to make me take me down because of the fight Why'd you pass the bad checks then? And like I say, everybody's innocent until proven guilty by a court of law, supposedly, in this country. But why would you write that much in checks and then try to say, hey, they're trying to take me down because of a fight? Come on. Really? That's all I'm saying, man. Played a good devil's advocate today, didn't I? Had some fun with this one. But hey, you don't... Answer, you know what, if you can, answer my questions because I'm confused about all this uh, stuff that's being heard on the street. And I thought that I'd bring it to you guys and gals' attention. So maybe you some give me some advice on how I should cover it. Who knows? I don't know, man. But uh, the second half of the show with China now, we're not going to be having. Uh, she has to work. But uh, we'll be back on Tuesday with that one rocket more like a madhouse on Spotify and iTunes radio join the insane throttles members only club two ways to join over on Spotify and YouTube insane throttle biker news channel by the way with your membership you get exclusive content Monday through Friday China Dow's on there with me y'all love China Dow also you get an Invite to the yearly Rumble in the Woods, where we get together, have parties, have fun. So make sure you join the Insane Throttles Members Only Club over on Spotify or YouTube. Rock on! Things off with the streaming rock and rolls. Give it to me, give it to me. W M M R D B Rocker. I got no filter I got no filter. no filter. 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 I got no filter. Oh, you're damn right. I don't got no filter, buddy. And uh, we uh, got a very special guest today. Uh, Usually, we talk about a lot of the bad stuff that happens in the scene on Biker News. Uh, Lately, I've been getting some very good guests, and we got today one of the most positive freaking guys that I know. He went through something uh, that was life-changing. And I know me, man. Me, I'd be FTW every damn thing if this happened to me. But it just goes to show you that there is a lot of positive people out there that really can show somebody the way. I know my guest, uh, Mike Ball, he got it uh, contacted by Chinadow because she got uh, somebody that contacted her about a motorcycle accident and he was an amputee and she put him in uh, contact with Mike. Mike didn't have to do it and he did it anyway. And I heard he is uh, doing real good now, recovering and stuff. But this is somebody that you really got to listen to where you can feel a vibe that comes off to him. He's also getting involved in social media. You guys got to go watch him over on Instagram. He talks over on Instagram all the time. So we're going to give him some love today. We're going to sit here, talk about his experiences and what he's looking forward to the future. So let's bring in Mikey. What's up, Mike?
2: What's going on, everybody? Hey, uh, Hollywood, I want to thank you first and foremost for having me on the platform and everybody in here. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate you guys listening and hearing me out.
0: Look at him all uh professional behind that uh, setup right there, man. That hey, is something um, we
2: just we just set it up. Come on, man. Like my old <laughs> setup used to be way better. So we just moved into this brand new house. So come on, we working with
0: I don't you know? know, man. I, I seen So he was doing uh when he goes out there. Where the hell do you get all those lights and stuff from? Okay. Is that a professional studio or something?
2: So you talking about where you saw like the dance floor and stuff like that? Yeah. Okay. So I built a house next to my house (laughs) that I called it the stream house. And this was before my accident. And Uh I was a content creator and I I used to stream like eight hours a day, dude. Like when I was off of work and um, I built that room specific. I had four 75 inch QLED TVs on each wall and then a whole dance floor. One out of three uh in the entire united states one was owned wow. by beyonce one was owned by me and one was owned by a guy that like rents them out you know what i mean to like club owners
0: you need to rent that out man because i was like I-, I need to
2: that- rent out the studio but it's kind of complicated because it's on my parents property you know what I mean? Oh, that so, is complicated right yeah, there it's not as easy as it sounds
0: In the introduction, I was talking about you having a life-changing event, and we'll go a lot into your future with creating and stuff like that because I think it's a wonderful thing. You had an event that I would only sit there and say, God damn, man, Uh, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be against the world. And I actually did a short a while ago where I asked if people were ever in a motorcycle accident how the hell they got back on that bike after that kind of a traumatic experience so i'd like to you know you to tell everybody about your bike accident and how you got back up on that sucker and uh let's go from there
2: yeah um so march sixth of 2021 i was headed home from a charity event that i had attended with my club at the time and um as I had parted away from the pack, um, I was only a two blocks away from home. And uh, that's usually when people go, all right, see you, bro. Like as people are breaking off in the pack, like you made it home. You know what I mean? You got it. So as you know, where the, the pack continues to go its way, um, that's unfortunately when I was riding about, you know, 45-50 miles per hour, which is like the speed limit right there, and like the where just people live, just housing tracks. And unfortunately, there was this car that made a an illegal left turn over two lanes. And when she hit me, she hit me at 80 miles per hour. Um, so when she hit me, though, she T-boned me exactly where the leg is. You know, where are you riding on? Everyone knows a Dyna, right? So that you're riding like, my feet aren't all the way out like how other people are across the nation. Here on the West Coast, we ride them like dirt bikes. So that my legs are straight up and down at a 90 degree. So they're mids. So while I'm riding like that, that's where she chopped me right there, right then and there. And as soon as she hit me, that's when my leg got completely torn off and then obliterated into a million pieces. And then I went flying like I think it was like a hundred plus feet. So yeah. Did you
0: lose consciousness at all?
2: No, I was, I was awake for all of it from the second, obviously that I got hit um, all the way from, I remember tumbling and all of that. And then once I finally stopped tumbling, I looked down and I saw that I had no leg, no left leg. And as Mm -hmm. soon as I saw that no left leg, I saw myself pumping out like blood, like as if it was a garden hose. Like it was coming out. Every time my heart would pump, it was coming out. So I went to go tourniquet myself with my own belt, but I went to go do it and I couldn't move my own arms. Well, it turns out that I broke my scapula. I broke a lot of part. You know, I actually, this whole shoulder uh, was obliterated. So there was no real left shoulder. Uh, so now that it's a titanium plate with like, five di- or six different five inch screw nails, you know, mm. medical. But that that's how my left shoulder is now. But anywho, um, I went to go tourniquet myself because obviously I know that's what I got to do to stay alive. You know, I've been in an industry where I've understood, you know, very medical stuff. I mean, just basic normal medical stuff that you would know. I went to go do it and as I went to go do it, couldn't do it. And that frustration was off the hook. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you because I'm sitting there going, Oh my God, like I'm going to die. Like there's nothing I can do at this point from here on out. At least I died doing what I love doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And Not uh, at any so
0: point, I, if you don't want to answer you, you don't have no, to.
2: No, I'm a, I'm a wide open book. So it's okay.
0: What, what, was it like seeing that car come at you like that and know it wasn't going to stop and what could have uh in a because you just brought up it was a left-hand turn that's what a lot of accidents happens with these left-hand turns so what was going through your mind seeing it coming at you and what would you tell motorists about hey man about watching for motorcycles
2: well, I'll explain this so that I mean cuz everyone on here is a motorcyclist and pretty much understands like lane positions, right? So, I'm on the the there's there's lane 1 and 2 and within that one lane uh that is like the far left lane, um there's lane position 1, 2 and 3. And I'm in 1 while I'm traveling home because I'm a, I'm going to make a left-hand turn half a block away from where I got hit to go home. Well, unfortunately I didn't make it there. Right. But I saw the body language of the car. You can tell about the body language. And when I saw it, I saw it as like, I, I could see it wanting to like turn, but as it went to go do it, it, it was like, right as it passed my peripheral vision, I couldn't see the car right as I couldn't see the car anymore. That's when I got hit. Mm. So I thought I cleared her. Like I literally thought like, oh my God, thank God I cleared her. But nope. That's when my leg got completely taken off.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, is it true what they say that your life passes in front of you in an accident like that?
2: Um. I wouldn't say it passes by you, but I'll tell you that your world goes from every freedom that we know, everything that we complain about on this planet. You go from this entire world down to the size of a dime. And when that happens to you, it's really humbling, you know, Mm. um, you, you realize what's really important in life. It's not necessarily all of this controversy, all this BS, or it, it really comes down to like, Whoa, what is important in life? You know,
0: man, that's something that I wish everybody would think of, uh, on a daily basis, especially when they get into drama or they get into this poor me attitude. Uh, what you just said now, uh, Nitro asked, uh, who helped you out and uh, do you, uh, still talk to him today? If, uh, somebody did help you out?
2: Well, there was, there was a lot of people that helped me out throughout my process. Um, I always say that it would be <laughs> very selfish of me to say that I did this by myself. I didn't. Um, I always say it's about who you surround yourself with, honestly. And, um, thank God for the people that I, I do have, I would obviously include my parents in there. Like who, who's going to take care of you when when you're down? Like is your is your brothers that, that, that you ride quote unquote with going to be wiping your ass when, when you can't get out of bed? You know what I mean? Like you're, you're going to figure out like, whoa, like, all right. Like this is some intense stuff. All right, man. Like I understand like the, the extremity of this. You know,
0: Mm, and moms and pops are usually always there for their, but,
2: but, but to answer your question to come around is there are special people that I will say that obviously my parents, my, uh, my immediate family. And then, um, my, my big brother, big drift, big Mm -hmm. drift was a big, big reason why I am here today. You know what I mean?
0: Well, you got to give him a shout out right there to Big Drift.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: When you said you were bleeding out, was somebody able to come and uh, give you a tourniquet?
2: So what ended up happening is when I got hit, apparently I didn't see the guy, but I went flying by a guy that was on an electric, you know, bicycle, you know, one of those electric bicycles. Well, this dude's like in his like fifties and This guy has never, he hasn't worn a belt and or pants in the last like 15, 20 years. And it just so happened that his wife, his old lady had bought him some brand new pair of pants and, and it didn't fit him, So he needed to wear a belt and he went out on a, you know, kind of a, when I got hit, it was 4 PM. So he went out during the afternoon it was a little chilly out. It was March, you know, d- down by the beach. So he's he's out there riding and I went flying by him when I got hit. Now, by the time he had gotten to me, it wasn't like he got to me right on the scene. You know what I mean? It took a freaking minute. It wasn't it wasn't like, "Oh yeah, boom, he's right there." I every thought that you could possibly think of came to me and then It was like, okay, I'm going to die. And then that's when he came running up. Brother Jeff George, massive shout out. Um, Totally random person. Uh, Comes running up out of nowhere. And I look at him and I go, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And he goes, you ain't dying today. He pulls off his belt, tourniquets me right where my leg is bleeding. And he pulls as hard as he can. This is a six foot man. And he's pushing against with his other foot. Pulling as hard as he can because you got to really stop that blood flow, and these are main right. arteries that are leaking. You know, so he's pulling as hard as he can, and he's pushing his leg against the open wound, like it's like as hard as he could to close it. So that that was uh, that was hardcore for sure. Now and you so- said you
0: you thought you were gonna die. Did you find any moment of peace with them thoughts?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, Like I said, like, it was like, at least I did what I loved, you know, that day we had fed like no joke. We had fed the entire County of orange. You know what I mean? We, it was, we had churches and truckloads. We had, we had so much product of food, just food in general, that just i cannot believe how much we gave away there were semi trucks coming and forklifts i mean it was it was a life changing day in itself you know for me to experience anyway you know hmm. but it it wasn't like yeah like everything is screwed or anything the only the only real thought that came through my head is i looked down as this was all happening after i assessed what happened the only other thought that came to my head was if I'm going to survive this, like if I have to accept it now. Well, here we are now. I accepted it. Mm. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Were you wearing a helmet at the time? Because I know that's the first question the news media says.
2: Full face. I was wearing a full face awry helmet. Yeah. They don't pay me to say nothing, but I still even have the original helmet. In the garage. That mm. my, the first thing that hit was my head on the curb where the red curb is for, you know, the fire trucks or wherever. Do not park. That was the first thing that hit my, you know, the head. And then the whole jawline was actually gone, you know, beat up too. So who mm. knows if I would have even been able to talk again, you know?
0: Right. Now, that's one thing you hear me talking about with China down on arguing back and forth on the second part of the show sometimes. Mm-hmm. Is making her wear a helmet now. And I know everybody has their own choice about it's an wearing. an opinion, a yeah. Yeah. But uh for me, it's like as I got older, I started learning as I started seeing people. And now hearing your story about the helmet, would you have been able to survive without it?
2: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, I got hit at 80 miles per hour. I was riding at 50. So think how far I flew. Let's Mm -hmm. just do basic math of just how, I mean, she, it wasn't like, okay, like you said about the left-hand turn thing, a lot of cars turn left and then the biker hits them and then they go flying over the hood or they go flying this way. That's not what happened to me. I got literally T-boned at the leg right on the side, boom. And when that happened, I went flying that way, boom. Mm
0: -hmm. All now he's pulling on your tourniquet and stuff. Did time slow down for you?
2: No, no. I every everything and everything, including pain, time. It just it just seemed like I'm just sitting there. Okay, when is this? <laughs> when am I going to die, or when am I going to get put out? You know. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely because the the pain was a thousand out of ten, like right. no joke pain. No Joe Pain.
0: Mm. Now, how long did it take for the paramedics to get there?
2: It felt like forever. Um, But I will say, according to the police report, it was something like either eight or ten minutes or something like that. I can't remember the exact amount, but it seemed like forever. You know, from after they were called, because after I got hit, got assessed, all that. That's when I pulled out my phone and I, I unlocked my phone, gave it to somebody, and I said, call this number. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I'm completely conscious the whole time. Even in the, in the paramedics, when I get into the fu- freaking paramedics, I uh, never, never got knocked out or anything. They gave me doses of wow. fentanyl, and it felt like water. That stuff was – I got two doses maximum. Boom. Mm-hmm. Felt like water. Hey, I don't have zero pain reduction. Hit me again. Boom, zero pain reduction. What are we going to do? We can't do anything for you, sir.
0: Wow. Wow. Now you ended up uh, going into the hospital. Did you have surgery or?
2: Yeah, I had four surgeries. So the original first surgery was just to make sure not only do they amputate right from where because my leg got chopped off most 99% of amputees get chopped off at the actual surgeon board you know what i mean for me mm. the car decided where my leg got chopped off so right. when i got to the hospital the the asphalt from the from the actual fall went up into my residual leg and went all the way into my kneecap you know what yeah. I mean? So, so, Damn. so they're doing surgery, not only on my, my, and also the nerves. So the nerves, usually when they cut you at, at the, on the board, they take almost like a soldering iron and they like hit the ends of the nerves and it like, kind of like helps them like heal right. And you don't have so much pain. Mm. Um With me, by the time I got there, my, my nerves were dead. So now I have a complication that most amputees don't even have. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's a different, different level of pain for sure.
0: Now, waking up after some of them surgeries and stuff and laying in that hospital bed, how did you turn it into a positive? How the hell did you do that?
2: That's the easiest question on the planet. I just lived through everything I just told you. So when I woke up, the moment I woke up from the first surgery, I was all smiles. Because I lived through that. I just, I, it's not like I forgot what just happened. You know what I mean? I, I just lived through what just happened and I couldn't believe. And I told myself, if I'm going to live through this, I got to accept it. And I did from the second I woke up. And it was like, okay, now we got to do three more amputa- or two more amputations. And then obviously we got to do a whole plate and all of that to resurgically make your shoulder, you know? Right.
0: Wow. <laughs> uh, I know when uh, the one guy contacted China down, I said, you know what? You got to put him in contact with Mike because if you don't go through something like that, you're never going to understand any of it.
2: Well, that's that's the one thing I say is like I like I I understand people that want to try to help, and it's so hard because it's like I want to help so bad, right? But it's like unless you relate, like you can under you can try to understand, but unless you relate to someone on that traumatic level, how are you going to help? So, for instance, the guy that you're talking about, respectfully, I spoke to him today. He got his first a a uh, uh, permanent prosthetic leg 2 days ago and he messaged oh, it to me and I he showed it to me and everything so i'm not going to show his his stuff off but just so you know he's doing very well and and of course i ask with everybody that i talk to that reaches out uh, mm-hmm. i always ask about their pain levels how they're dealing with it because you know for me i quit all my pain meds while i was in the hospital So I, I was, I didn't believe in that because I've seen so many people die. I know amputees to this day, that are 15, 20 years in that are still using opiates, still using Narcos, still using Oxys and all this stuff. It's like, dude, you're just using that as a, as an excuse, like to not man up here. Like you need to like face this, you know? Mm.
0: And do you think a, a doctor contributes to that where they just keep writing scripts?
2: Yes and no, because my doctor was willing to write scripts as well. And they also gave me a 20% chance of walking again. So laugh out loud. Right. You know what I mean? I'm over here riding on twos and I never, I never even believed them anyways. I was like, man, whatever. Come on. Keep your BS to yourself, man. It's all, it's all good. I'm going to, I'm going to do my own thing. No, man. I I don't know. Of course the doctors are are over prescribing to some people. I'm going to be honest. While I was in the actual hospital itself, they never made me comfortable. The 26 days I was in there, they never actually made me comfortable. They never put like a real good amount of like stuff where I could be like out of pain. No matter what, I was always at a nine out of 10 pain. minimum 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 and my dad would be calling the charge nurse because my parents can't even visit me think march 6th of 2021 this is Mm -hmm. during the middle of covid my parents couldn't even visit me
0: man so for
2: 26 days i couldn't have any visitors so you know what i mean It, it was definitely uh very rough to 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 deal with on that on that aspect you know what i mean but they my dad would be calling them going dude why are you not helping my son get to the point of like you know where he's not so much in pain and um i don't know i felt like they were they 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 held back a lot i don't know it was weird but mm-hmm. re- regardless of the fact i still made it through i i still think i should have been helped out more in the hospital nonetheless I'm I'm here now and I don't use any of it.
0: Uh Jason wants to ask you uh just curious has religion played a role with your mental health and positivity with all this and if so how?
2: Um of course I this is what I say I feel like God kept me around because there was definitely a purpose, you know what I mean? There was there was a reason for it um but i'm going to be um 100% honest i do not sit here and and say and give credit all to um religion i of course 1000% connect to religion uh you know i'm a christian myself but um i don't necessarily relate that to necessarily that uh mm-hmm. i i play it as a chain of events that happen perfectly you know what I mean? Right. And if it didn't happen exactly the way it did, I mean, you replay that that scene one million times over, I'm dead one million times over. You know what I mean? And I get the miracle factor there that you guys are probably in the chat getting at that like, hey, look, this is God's plan. And I do also agree with that, but it wasn't something that made my positive mental awareness or attitude. That wasn't the, the biggest factor, no.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: How the hell did you get back on a bike after all that? And, and before that, did the broad at least stop?
2: So she had nowhere to go to because she turned in. So she she was over the drinking limit. Okay. And oh, she was a drunk driver and she made that turn. Uh, and as she was ma- making that turn, she was turning into her house. Her her house is four houses down. Where are you going to run to? So she sat there in the car with her hands at the wheel. From the second she hit me, she put her hands on the wheel, didn't look at me or anything, didn't look my way, and she was going to let me bleed up.
0: Oh, my God. She just sat there. She I think she was in shock.
2: But she also, to put in perspective as well, she was 73 years old.
0: 73 and drunk
2: 73 and drunk coming from the bar yeah at 4 30 p.m
0: Whoa. man how I'm did you to- get on? how did you get on a bike after that that just that makes your blood boil hearing that she was 73 drunk at uh the middle of an afternoon
2: Yeah, no. um, I I take it as a freak incident. You know what I mean? Uh, I know that we all go through tragic stuff in our life. And I really do feel like it's about conquering one thing and then moving on to the next. And it's like gladiator school, you know, and I look at it that way. So for me, hopping back on a bike was almost like therapy rather than it being a fear. Um, it was something like every single day that I didn't have a leg because it takes a long time to, to get to the point, well, long time for me, it took me two months, 30 days out of the hospital. Once I got my leg, I could barely walk. I'm, I'm using a cane just to like be a, you know, I'm, I'm really being hard headed instead of being in a wheelchair. I'm like, no, I can walk. You know what I mean? I'm fine. And I hop on the motorcycle to go take some pictures, you know what I mean? And I just start, I just turn it on and I fire it up and I just took off. And that <laughs> ever and ever since that moment, it was caught all live, you know what I mean? Like, oh my uh-huh. God, like this, my, like my mom and dad, they're freaking out. They're just like, dude, there's no way this guy just took off in his motorcycle just now. There's no way.
0: <laughs> you riding so, a dinosaur still?
2: Yeah, yeah, FXDB. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you're never gonna get rid of that sucker, are you?
2: Well, it's so I've been through a couple of them. So the one that that I went down on was completely totaled to the fact that it was shattered, 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 and that bike was, let's just say, as Dyna bro out as it gets. Like it, it was top of the top tier. And mm. then once that got destroyed, and I got paid out basically nothing from the insurance. Um, my big brother, big drift, uh, built that Dinah that you see now. And I went down on the 91 freeway after I went, uh, after I lost my leg, I went down in April of, uh, 2022 and then he fixed it again and gave it back to me. <laughs> so <laughs> I've had that one go down a couple of times.
0: Oh man, you gotta keep that thing up front, man. No, no, no.
2: Hey, there was there was a Southern California is some different people, and and people drive erratic out here. I mean, it's just crazy.
0: Come to Chicago, man. We'll uh, debate that.
2: (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm gonna tell you, I think I'm on par with you.
0: (laughs) So have you ever thought about uh starting something to where you go around, give uh speeches or you give uh how can I say it? You're you yeah, know, like yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Like the the, the conferences seminars. and seminars and stuff like that. And yeah, that's that's stuff that I, I would love to do and continue to participate in is to mm-hmm. be able to, you know, like my my favorite thing is to be able to burn out on stage uh with my bike. You know what I mean? And then I f- I f- I flop down the kickstand with my left foot, which is obviously a fake left foot. Flop mm. down the kickstand, throw down the bike and get on the motor, uh, on the uh microphone and start talking about going, you know, this is just the beginning of your life. You know, it's just starting now, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah no this is something that i have to like i have to be with the people that are bedside like i have to be bedside with them that are going through these times of unknown because i was that one guy you know like i always say if you help that one person then you've done your job i Mm -hmm. say that because i was that one guy you know what i mean i got that you know and so me being able to show to the world and go look Your life is not over this. You can still have a meaningful, fulfilling, prosperous life, but it's all dependent on you because honestly, let's be honest from all of this, from the accident, I could have sat here and and laid up on the couch and nobody would have blamed me. Let's be real. But Mm. at the same token, I'm going to lose every single person in my circle. So instead of being selfish, I had to look at myself and go, okay, what do I need to work on? Like the way you better the world is bettering yourself. Then it is a trickle down effect for everyone that's inside of your world. You're going to change everyone else's world. That's how it works.
0: Well said. Well said. Over on Insane Wheels, I just did a video about statistics and stuff like that. About uh, the dif- different classes of motorcycles and the classes that have the highest uh, fatality rate, and you being through this, right? And of course, everybody knows that the statistics that it was the the rockets, crotch rockets, uh, the speed demons, whatever you want to call them, that was the highest risk for fatalities. And you try to tell them kind of riders, hey, you know what? Personally, I believe them bikes are made for the track. I love Moto America. I love watching them race, but I think they belong on a track.
2: I 100% agree. Just wanted to say, but yes.
0: And I showed some B-roll of some of these bikes going 240 to, uh, up to 300 miles an hour on highways. And just hearing how you got hit at eighty miles an hour from a car, I couldn't imagine what the hell would happen at two hundred and fifty miles an hour if you hit a pebble.
2: Me and you wouldn't be talking,
0: right? Uh, that, I, I that's that's just
2: that's just sim- plain and simple. You know what I mean? We wouldn't be talking. So, what do you
0: think that needs to change with them type of riders? Where you know, and I know they're young and stuff like that. And if us older guys had that type of bike, we'd probably be doing the same thing when we were their eggs. But how do we get them to understand, hey, not only are you making everybody look bad, but you're going to kill yourself, literally.
2: I think if people actually genuinely understood structure, you know, like if I'm going to be respectful here, but how many club guys do you know? that are riding at 220 miles per hour.
0: Not many. (laughs) Right. That's
2: because, that's because we've been through it. We've, we have discipline, we have self-control. And if you didn't, guess what? You're getting fined by the road captain. You do some dumb stuff in our pack and you put anybody in jeopardy. We'll pull you out of the pack It's done. You're done, dude. Like we're, we're having a serious talk with you. You know what I mean? Like, The thing is, is I think it's a lack of people that are actually guiding them. And um, probably a lot of people that want to be that independent, like completely, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear what you have to say. I want to say, and that's it, you know, Mm -hmm. and I say, go ahead. Rock your 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 freedom of speech, your freedom to do whatever you want, but there is a freedom to get your ass whooped too. You know what I mean? And exactly. you know, it's it's just the truth.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I seen some of the B roll how they were on the highway. They would actually have the drag racing on the highway, and they even think it's cute to uh, try to outrun the cops uh, on this type of stuff. But I don't think they have, you know, for those people doing it, have actual respect for the motorcycle. Because I always believe the motorcycle is like a gun. If you don't yep. treat it right, it's going to go off on you.
2: You said it best right there. You you treat a motorcycle, and like I said, it, go, it goes back to a lack of respect, right? It's not just a lack of respect for everything else. It's a lack of respect for the motorcycle and, and the machinery itself. People don't understand the power of these things. Like people will go out and buy these leader bikes as their first bike. Never ridden a motorcycle, have never even been through an MSF course. You know what I mean? And they go buy a freaking leader bike that's 250 pounds at 250 mile or horsepower. What do you expect to happen? The guy has never even used a throttle before. You know what I mean? Like what do you what 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 do you expect to happen on this? You're just that's a recipe for disaster. Um, I don't know, man. I like I said, with the Harley scene, I think it's more of a different mentality of like, hey, at least with me, I can speak only for me. It was more militant. It was more Mm -hmm. militant, and and if I ever saw anybody doing something, even including myself as an officer, let's say, if I saw someone doing something outrageous in a pack, or even just something to put anybody at jeopardy, there's an issue. You know what I mean? So what?
0: Um, sports bike riders don't get is people cannot judge how fast you're going in a car. No,
2: no. When when you look back in the mirror. And you're in a cage doing 65, 70. I'm I'm gonna promise you when someone's rolling at 220 miles per hour and this guy just wants to get over to the left lane and it looks clear. It looks clear to that dude at 220 miles per hour. It looks clear. I promise you it was clear. Mm. (laughs) You know, it was clear until you came up illegally, you know?
0: Well, I always debated myself because I'm all for freedom and stuff like that.
1: Right.
2: But
0: I don't understand how they're able to put them type of machines on the road when they know what the hell's going uh, to happen to a lot of people that ride it. And that's been going on since I was 15 years old, thinking, because my older brother got killed yep. on one by a drunk.
2: I'm and, sorry to hear that.
0: Yeah, he died on a jigster. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, I remember my mother saying, you know, don't buy that bike, don't buy that bike. And he was one of them guys out there pulling wheelies and all that nine yards. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you ask yourself, how the hell did you allow these motorcycles to become street legal? Because anything 600 uh, CC and below with one of them is considered a sport, anything over that's a super sport. And some of these bikes, like uh, the abuses and stuff, are outrageous. They belong on a drag strip at that point.
2: No, I absolutely agree. And that's exactly why the insurance companies F you guys up. You know what I mean? Anybody that rides a rice rocket, your insurance versus my insurance per month, I promise you, I'm probably saving multi- hundreds of dollars just because mm. of that very reason, because mm. the 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 statistics of these rice rockets of these people dying on these things is like massive. So the, the insurance companies are going, why would I even like really front the money for this guy and this motorcycle when we know that seven out of 10 times this thing is going to wrap, be wrapped up on a tree, you know? Mm. So that's why the insurance companies are the way they are. You know, you could be, you could argue all day long. I'm the best rider ever. It doesn't matter. I like to race. Doesn't matter. They go by statistics. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's why my insurance is probably, well, I already know it's under three, you know, it's under a hundred bucks. So I'm right. fine. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> what got you in the dinos, man?
2: Uh, Honestly, my big brother. And, it, and also on top of that, the guys I was hanging around at the time, I was a young influence, you know, easily influenced kid. You know what I mean? I'm sitting there watching all my, my, my brothers getting tattooed and they're all tattoo artists, you know what I mean? And so that's how I got into the culture a little bit because I'd see them ride up at, you know, 18 deep, you know, they roll up to the tattoo shop I'm like 16, 17 years old, hanging out with the family. I'm not getting tattooed or nothing. I'm just chilling. And these guys come rolling in deep at like 18 and they're coming in, like moving the crowd for real, you know, coming in, showing like, this is, this is the real deal. When I saw that and I saw that brotherhood, I was like, I got to be a part of that. And I'm a kid, you know? So I was riding motocross for 10 years. Prior to all of this. So when I moved over to Harley's when I was 23, it was instant club. You know what I mean? It was like, Mm. I already know I'm going into the club scene.
0: Well, before we get into your content creation and stuff, one thing that's always intrigued me. And I always wanted to ask somebody, say on the West Coast, East Coast, what makes the West Coast motorcycle scene different than the rest of the country?
2: One thousand percent custom. We are custom. You, you we, there's nothing else out here, in the world that is like over here. There is mm. nothing. There is a reason why we have the name that we do. There's a reason why people come here to look at these. You know, either whether you call them cholo bikes or viklas or whatever you call them. You know, like there's a reason why the. People will spend hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars to get the engraving sketching, uh, you know, $50,000 paint jobs, you name it. Like it's, it's just people go all out. And I think at least where I live and I'm not saying that anywhere else isn't this way, don't mistake this. Just at least from what I've experienced in my own cities and stuff like that is that we love so hard that, 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 that is the reason why it shows on the street. You know what mm. I mean? That we love so hard. We were so into what we do and it's all in or nothing. You know what I mean? And it's always been competition, you know, Southern California, especially is very competition oriented. So we are always going for the best of the best of the best.
1: Mm. You
0: know? Well, one scene that's uh, real close uh, related as far as art, and you know, i'm a huge fan of i actually had uh one is the low rider scene now kelly is known for their low riders and you're talking about artistic customization and stuff i think that crosses over from the low rider scene into the bike scene
2: it does it does um you know my big brother as well was a part of um Another very 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 well known car club, uh, retired after 15 years. Uh, still to this day has multiple lowriders. Um, we shoot music videos all the time in it and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's a beautiful thing to see all of us kind of get together. It's like we do it collaboratively, like we we come together rather than like keep it separate. You know a lot of people go oh well you're on the car scene you stay over there and then like motorcycles are over here it's like with that culture they all they they want it to be combined.
1: Mhm.
0: Mhm. Do you think West Coast is the trendsetter as far as motorcycles?
2: Absolutely. So and so is the East Coast. The East Coast is, is as well and I think what ends up happening is both sides end up bleeding into the central part of the rest of uh the united states at least from what i've seen from the trends from all the bike culture leading up to now
1: mm-hmm.
0: Rock and roll man i think you're correct too with uh a lot of stuff comes out of the west coast as you know you have choppers from the 60s 70s a lot of that stuff came out of the west coast uh right. then went to the east coast and then the middle of the country it's like uh the Midwest, the flyover country man is true. We everybody flies right over us, but uh let's get into some of your creating stuff and how you got involved. I know you work with uh over so at Demons Row and stuff. Tell me a little bit about that, uh how things going and then uh you know what you did before then and what you're gonna do now.
2: Yeah man um so I'm very blessed to have been picked up by a, an amazing PR team. Um, So because of that, shout out to ICTPR, they have uh, definitely put me in really good positions to be able to speak at such as I'm I'm soon to speak at ABC Good Morning and Good Morning America and uh, doing some really big things to be able to talk on, I I would guess, controversial subjects. Um, So I'm very blessed in that regard. Um, when it comes to the actual like Demons Row stuff, I've always been a part of Demons Row. Um, I was before my accident. And then when I woke up from my accident, this is what made me and Sos get so close was because when I woke up from my accident, he was live that Sunday. He called it live church. So I called in and I was like, Hey bro, I lost my leg, but Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to get back on a bike here. And however long. And I'm going to be back on twos. You know what I mean? And that was my message to everybody as soon as I woke up. And ever since then we got super close. And then we, we just were like, man, we're good at what we do content wise and stuff like that. Why can't we work together? You know? And I really feel that that should be the way for everybody. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I think that should be everybody in the content space because we are all individuals And though we are all affiliated to things, I feel like if we can benefit in a way, why not benefit? You know, why does it have to be only like, it's like saying, Oh, you're, you're, you're only a part of this club. I'm not talking to you. You know what I mean? Like for me, it's like, no, I want to, I want to be here with everyone, you know?
0: Right. Welcome new member made for the streets. Eighty two hundred. appreciate all the support buddy. Uh, that is awesome. 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 But you're more, and I've noticed this, you're more of an Instagram guy now. Yeah. Or were you you a Twitch guy before then?
2: So I was a Twitch guy before then, probably around 2018 through 2020, I was a Twitch guy. And that was my main thing, which is another platform. If you guys don't know, to, it's kind of like another platform meant for live streaming, such as what we're doing right now. We're live, but usually it's meant for gaming and stuff like that. And you're showing your other screen of you playing the video game. Anywho, uh, I I got tired of that, you know. And so once I left that, and I was really mainly focused, I had gotten so many priorities to do and responsibilities. Now that I was a part of a national cabinet of a motorcycle club, I had so many responsibilities that I had no time to sit there and stream video games anymore. Like I, I, I was, I was communicating, communicating across the world. So it was like, okay, I got to focus on this rather than video games. Right. So I did that. And then once I was able to do what I am doing now, content wise, I was able to really step out of that and be able to talk about me as an individual and how I think, how I feel, um, the experiences I've been through. Um, I hate when people talk about experiences that they personally have not gone through because then it's like, why are you even listening to that person? You know? Um, but it's like, I don't know. I love talking about what I've gone through and for people to be able to relate. So then they can go, wow, I can see that there really is another side to this. You know what I mean?
1: Mm.
0: You know, one thing I, uh, go back and forth in my mind all the time is how much social media has really changed the scene. Have you ever noticed that?
2: It changed the scene massively. And it's not just social media. It was, the public perception is so rough. You know what I mean? You got, you got the stupid gangland that, that wanted to be monetized and make money. You have the sons of anarchies, which of course, yes, we all probably agree. Great entertainment, uh, but not realistic. Same thing with Mayans, whatever BS it's, it's, not realistic. It's not real life. It's entertainment and supposed to be taken as such. Um, But public perception has been messed up. And especially when it comes to social media, people are going to go ahead and report and and record everything that they see. And then they're only going to clip the part that they, that is clickbait. You know, Mm. and so anything can be looked at. I mean, it's almost like I I almost look at every video and go, let me actually dissect this because let me see if it's been edited. Let me see if you cut the scenes. You know what I mean? Because everything is so skewed nowadays. It's not straightforward like me and you, Hollywood, like what we're doing right now. This is Mm. a one take, no cuts, no BS. It's us talking. You know what I mean? You know how it is. You went through the natural uh geographic bs you saw how that played
0: yeah them cocksuckers yeah
2: <laughs> same thing you know so right. social media has as has messed that up a lot because it's not just social media it, it's allowed every person to feel feel like they have a platform that's why
0: right well i have to agree with that and uh before we even came on air I was talking about my other channel Insane saying wheels and you were even mentioning in the second half of the show that I do with China doll. And if you watch it closely, you can see the different ways I get into something. And that's been on my mind for the last six months. It had to be six months because let's face it. Oh. I've been doing this stuff forever. And at some point in time, you got to start putting out the stuff that you want to put out, you know, and insane wheels has been the big thing. Because all I do is talk motorcycles over there, even though I piss on some Wheaties over there a little bit now. Uh, <laughs> but you got to start doing stuff that you like doing.
2: Yes. And, and if you truly love the if you truly love the passion of whatever you're doing, like whatever concept of what you're doing, whatever road you're following, if you truly love it, then you're forever going to prosper. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I I really feel like happiness should be valued as some sort of currency because it's not anymore. Like everything is defined. Success is defined by money. You know what I mean? And, And instead of that, like, why aren't we defining success with happiness? But like, I want to wait. Like, when I wake up in the morning, if I wake up in the morning and I thank God that I woke up today, and I'm saying I'm so thankful I woke up today, isn't there some sort of value in that? You know what I mean? Of- and and, it, and and it's dramatic to me. It's way it's worth more than if you were to wake me up with a hundred dollar bill. Because honestly. Money comes and goes, but I'm Hmm. sitting here going, man, I'm stoked to be here today. You know what I mean? And I legitimately, since the day that this happened to me, I wake up every single day grateful because it's just a different mindset than I was before.
0: Exactly. Uh, That's well said right there. And I've actually noticed some other creators, because again, if you watch their videos, you can tell that are kind of going through the same thing where they're changing things up. Uh, and it looks like they're having more fun at doing it. Hell, I see it with SOS all the time now. Uh, he concentrates on other stuff, he does shorts and comes up with some pretty good topics that ain't the mainstay or core of what we would call our audience anymore. Right. But you can see the creator having fun, and yeah, I. It- And I think it goes to, you know what? Because a lot of people think we make a ton of money on YouTube. That's a bullshit lie. I wish it was.
2: Hold on. Let me just stop. Everyone right here, right now. If you guys think we're killing it on YouTube, you guys are wildly, wildly ignorant on the subject. I'm sorry.
0: Damn right. Tell Um, them, Mike. (laughs) I'm just
2: saying, like especially when it comes to creation of of any type of content is that it seems like at least and it feels like this every time is it's a system that you put in all this work all this video all of this and it's never enough it's never full you just keep feeding it feeding it feeding it and it's never full it's never good enough it's never this it's never that and, and that's, what's really hard about content creators. Everyone goes, yeah, hats off to you for being an entrepreneur, but no one knows the back struggle of all of this, you know,
0: basically you come out making less than minimum wage in most States with these if,
2: things. If you broke, even with the products, all the stuff that you had to buy for all your hardware and all that you're lucky if you broke even.
0: Exactly. But I do like seeing the change in some of the older creators branching out from what their comfort zone is and then seeing somebody like you on Instagram it's like wow man we're you know we might be bikers but we're also human beings talking about other subjects
2: absolutely and that's that's my favorite thing is like I have a a big biker following but I talk about these like interesting topics and things that like you now do you know, with your second part of the show, you bring Mm -hmm. up a lot of different uh, either controversial subjects or things that people are talking about in the media, whatever. And I'll usually put my two cents in on how I feel, not about like, Hey, this guy, this guy, none of that. Mm -hmm. It's usually about how our concept is about our mind state and my big thing is is preaching and talking about positive mental attitude PMA and mm. learning and understanding how to you know decide when to fight because like as black dragon says in this part you can be right or you can be dead right you know there's so many there's so many things that you can do sure you could be right but is it worth it it this can go with your old lady this can go with your mom this can go with your with a 1% motorcycle club. This can go for your kids. It can go for anybody. You know, it just is what it is, man. You know? Mm -hmm. And so I talk about real subjects, you know, uh, people are going to treat you the way that you allow people to treat you. You know, those are, well, that's one of the many things I talk about, you
0: know, do you find it more fulfilling being able to talk about stuff that ain't the norm? Like my, they consider me a shock jock and, I get really out there. Have you guys ever seen the second half of the show? I get out there.
2: I love it, too.
0: I believe in tailoring myself to the working man. I don't believe in elite stuff or any of that. I believe about, uh, you know, entertaining the guys that go to work and uh, put food on their, you know, food on the table for their family and stuff. And I really think that's been lost.
2: I agree. I agree on that. There's not a lot of people that are willing and or understand what hard work is anymore. Like previous to my accident, you know, I was fueling ships for 10 years. So I was out at sea for 21 days, and then I'd be at home for 21 days. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be gone, and I'd be fueling these ships, running anywhere from 1.2 to 2.3 billion dollars worth of cargo at a time. And if I mess up at any point, at any point, any type of negligence, that's 15 minimum years of prison. You know what I mean? So it was like, I was doing this at 18 years old, still in high school. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, to this day, I'm like contrary to like what the normal motorcycle club dude persona that the, the the conception of what the the media thinks we are i've never even put anything on my nose the worst i've done is smoke weed because let's be honest
0: oh we smoking mary jane baby
2: <laughs> i've got some nerve issues you know what i mean and it it doesn't take away the pain but it allows me to focus on something else rather than focus on the pain right so there's so many things that people don't understand that I love to talk about. And these are these are subjects I'm just skipping over, but those hmm. are many examples. Yes. If you guys
0: got questions for Mike, we'll get a question and answer session in here. Mike, what is your Instagram Powell motto? How you doing, buddy? Sunshine, my girl out there. Never shock me.
2: <laughs> the Instagram is at Ball Valve TV. B-A-L-L-V-A-L-V-E. Baldwin. If
0: you can, uh, if any of my moderators could put that in the chat room, I would really appreciate it. Uh, let's get them some people over there to watch him. What are you on a regular schedule over there?
2: No. So, but I do go live pretty much almost every day on Instagram and I go on there with all my friends and stuff and we just hang out and BS and stuff. That's what I love about it because I don't care about the numbers never have. It's it's always been about like just enjoying your time with the people that you love, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rock on, man! Uh, life there's too many snowflakes out there. I don't know, man. Uh, Mike's out in California. I kind of feel sorry for him. out in Cali, man, is it as bad as uh, we see it on the news with all this woke crap?
2: Uh, I would say the main cities, yes. Believe it or not, there's more cowboys in in California than you think. When you get outside of LA and San San Francisco, there's probably more cowboys here than you probably could imagine. More Second Amendment people than you can imagine. More, you know, people have this common misconception that all of California is liberals. No, it's just two two uh, cities that control all of that. That's it.
0: Ain't it uh, pretty bad when you have the two cities that control everything for the state? It's like that in Illinois with Chicago. It's so
2: I I know you understand the frustration. Trust me, <laughs> I know you know.
0: The same thing. Uh, but I uh, ain't no questions right there. Uh, I really appreciate having you on, Mike. Uh, it was a great subject. As far as tomorrow, we won't be having a second sh- uh, part of the show. China Dolls working in the morning, but we'll be back Tuesday. We will have a members only, though, tomorrow. We're going to be talking about hypocrisy, and, boy, I got something for that. But, uh, again, go join uh, Mike over on his Instagram. Hopefully, we can get him on uh, YouTube one of these days.
2: Actually, and- I've, I've started a little bit, that Mike Ball thing. I do, I do the shorts. I do the shorts. I don't do, like, vlogs and stuff like that, but I do the shorts
0: the shorts uh sns just put uh mike's ig contact
2: thank you in SNS.
0: there so everybody you have a great one welcome to the new members May- made for streets you're awesome man uh don't forget monday uh through friday nine twenty a.m central we go into a members only uh type of live stream but uh with that anything else mike
2: I just want to thank you Hollywood and every single person that sat here and listened through my story and what I had to say that personally means the world to me. And I know that you guys can say whatever, you know what I mean? Like, but I'm just going to be honest that it, it means a lot to me for you guys to hear the things that, that other people go through. You know what I mean? That's oftentimes when we learn the most.
0: So. Rock on man. Well said, Rock on. Your face all over the place. We're online.
1: 24-7-24-7.
0: 24/7. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. more like a madhouse on Spotify and iTunes Radio. Okay, I thought I'd cover this. Because it is kind of a funny thing if you watch the internet, especially comments and different social media platforms. Everybody gets into these little groups and next thing you know, everybody's going crazy about who's better or who's fake. And I thought I'd take the time just to give my opinion. Now, with rubs, I I give them hell all the time. But that's just because, you know, where I came from, the way I was raised through this stuff. But I have to say, does it really matter? Because you're having a lot more people that are getting on motorcycles and enjoying the sport of motorcycles, that it really shouldn't matter where things break down. There are so many subcultures within the motorcycling scene, I think there's room for everybody as long as they love motorcycles. Isn't that what this is all supposed to be about is motorcycles? The politics and stuff that come into play, the different ways people designate one person or another. You know, I did that uh, show on the CBO. And I said to myself and I said to you, even though I could afford one, I would never get one because they're like 51,000 or something like that out the door. And I don't think about paying that kind of money for a motorcycle. I actually would get a a Dodge Charger, Camaro, or a Mustang, but that's just me. And then people came back, oh, we see how you feel about motorcycles. You'd rather get a car than get one of them. Well, yeah, you're crazy to think I'm going to pay that kind of money. Because, one, I live up north where you can only ride six months out of the year. Now, maybe it would have been better if I lived down south or out west. It might be worth it. But I just don't think that I want to put that kind of money, I'll take a hit in depreciation on it. Because a lot of people don't think about that with motorcycles. You buy new, you're going to get hit with depreciation. So you're already freaking underwater with your loan. But that doesn't mean that I hold something against somebody because they would want to go out and get that motorcycle. I just think it isn't worth it. For one, it only comes with the $117. you would think the new crate motor would be put into something like that for that price, but no, they're having you pay $8,000 extra for the crate motor. But I look at stuff in a logical way. And then you had a lot of people in that video come up and say, well, that's a rub for you. That's what rubs do. And here I'm thinking, well, Who really cares? You know, I I pick on them all the time on my other channel, but at the same point, they're riding a motorcycle. And you know what I love about them? I really do, and I'm serious about this. They'll go buy that CVO, ride it for a couple years, take the hit on the depreciation, and next thing you know, you get to go in there and swoop and go buy that sucker for cheap. That's just like any motorcycle you see that is used with low mileage. Most of the time it sat in the garage, didn't freaking ride it anywhere, and you get the beneficial experience of buying a brand new freaking bike almost for next to nothing. But the CVO thing really got people going on rubs. Then you had... And the reason why I had the title for this video was because I seen another channel talking about, well, the rubs are running the scene now. I really don't think anybody is. I just think you have different cultures, subcultures within the scene. Everybody does their own thing. Like me, I like going out partying, causing hell and all that kind of stuff. But others, you have that just want to go to a Harley-Davidson dealership, go to a HOG meeting, get out there and ride with people that are just like them. You know, Harley-Davidson dealers have become basically like Dunkin' Donuts now. But the dealerships are basically for Harley guys that just want to hang out, chill, talk. Act like, you know, they know what they're doing mechanically. You know what, there's a swipe right there. I shouldn't have swiped at anybody like that. But that's like what they like doing. I think what people that's live this life every single day get upset about is the fact that they go and spend so much money on... Their clothing, which, hey, it's on them. They got the money. I don't care. But then they try to throw an attitude like they live this every day. This is who they are. When in fact, you know, we used to call them weekend warriors. It upsets, you know, guys that are hardcore in the scene when they walk in a bar and hear this kind of stuff. But do I think that they're running anything? No, I don't think that that's their intention. I, you know, I'm not defending anybody here. I think they just want to jump on a motorcycle, enjoy their ride, and get a taste of what everybody gets on a motorcycle. Come on, let's, let's be honest, man. Jumping on a motorcycle is some good mental health therapy and I don't care who you are where you're from what you claim to be everybody gets some mental health therapy when it comes to riding that motorcycle that's what it was all about man you can be freaking upset as heck before you get on that motorcycle when you come home you're all smiles who, wanted, who wouldn't want to get into that? It's kind of like the scene has turned into high school, okay? You know, you had your football players, your cheerleaders, the nerds, all that stuff. But in the scene, you got your rubs, you got your regular hardcore biker independents, you got your clubbers, you got those who love racing. It's like a big high school game at that point. Which is kind of ridiculous, aren't we all old enough to know, hey, you know, get over to high school games? But I do pick on them. You know what, I'll be the first one to say on my other channel, Insane Throttle, because some of the stuff they do is stupid. I say just go out there, ride your motorcycle, have fun don't try to be something you're not and people will accept you for that that's just like that whole argument what's a biker I uh, talked about that on my other show and it's real easy not caring what other people think and doing you no need to overcomplicate anything So, if you have the money to say spend all this, or you trailer your motorcycle, who cares what anybody else thinks? Just do you. That's all I'm saying. What do you all think? Do you think uh, what this other channel is talking about is the rubs are taking over the scene? Do you think it's childish? What do you think? Let me know in the comments section. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Monday and Thursdays, 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. New video all the time. Morocco.
1: Goodbye, bamboos.
0: Adios, ciao, so long. Get your hat, Jack. Yeah. Number one internet biker radio show is now available on Spotify and all major platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and more. Don't forget to become a subscriber on
1: any one of
0: these platforms so you can be notified right away when our weekly episode is uploaded so you never miss an episode.